Hello, and welcome to Career Advice for the Clueless. This is the podcast where you receive key career information and advice directly from professionals. We discuss career insights, interview tips, and much more. So grab a pen and paper and get ready to move one step closer to your future career. Hello and welcome back to Career Advice for the Clueless. I'm your host, Lewis. On today's episode, we will be speaking to Isabel, who is an international tax apprentice at EY. Now, we will discuss, you know, what she gets up to on a day-to-day basis, so you'll learn what to expect from a finance-related hire apprenticeship. We'll talk about how she managed to land a role at such a huge firm, and we'll also talk about the advantages of a hire apprenticeship compared to other routes that you can go down after sixth form or college. I hope you enjoy the episode. Please do leave a review if you enjoy, and I will see you on the other side. First of all, if you could just start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and briefly explaining what it is that you do at EY. Awesome. Yep. Um, I joined EY about three years ago, so I just turned 20, um, into our international tax practice. Um, Since then, I've been on a secondment to Tax Technology and Transformation. So that's a team that was really researching how we could use technology to deliver a better client service and make our lives a bit easier as well. So since coming back from that, I've been dedicating a portion of my time to what we're calling digitalization of international tax, which is basically doing the same thing, looking for new technologies, new ways of doing things and applying it specifically to international tax. Okay, amazing. Um, and was that all like laid out to you at the start? That's like the path that was going to follow or is it like sort of altered as you've gone along? Absolutely not. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew basic things about my apprenticeship to begin with. I knew that I would be joining a firm that had certain benefits attached to it, certain networks. I knew that they would be putting me through um, my chartered accountancy qualification with the ICAW. And I was so excited for all of that. But If you told me then the opportunities that I would have over the next couple of years, I don't really think I would have believed you. (laughs) Um, One of the reasons I I joined EY is because I saw the really cool things that they were doing with technology. And um, I suppose an example would be they were the first um, firm to do a really large scale blockchain project. Um, And I remember reading about that, getting really excited, but it didn't really have any direct correlation with what I wanted to do at EY. But once I got in and I started to talk to my colleagues and to my counsellor, who's someone assigned to you to help you with your career, um, about my interests, they put me in touch with other people who were doing technology at EY. And within six months in the firm, I was interviewing for a secondment that eventually led to me living in London for nine months and working with my own software development team to build new features and to build out a platform we were working on. Wow, and that, that, that was that's really yeah, good. Yeah, that was something I never could have expected. Yeah, fair enough. We'll get into that um, in a bit more detail in a little bit then. Um, but yeah, why don't we start at the beginning in terms of like what you did at A level? Because um, I believe you did A levels and then went on to this sort of apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I did absolutely nothing relevant. I did <laughs> history, politics, and psychology, and then an AS in English literature. Um, I've, I've tried to find various ways of linking back the A-levels I did to what I do now. It's got a similar bent, I suppose, in terms of um, absorbing large amounts of information and then trying to use that to apply to specific problems or hypotheses. But yeah, <laughs> nothing relevant, really, whatsoever. I've got colleagues that come from a STEM background. Someone who joined at the same time as me and my team had come from a physics master's. 
Um, but I think it's one of the things that makes our, our team work really well is that we all have very different perspectives and backgrounds. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, so, yeah, you know, some people might think that with an apprenticeship, you know, you have to have a previous background somewhat in that, but that's not necessarily the case, which I think is very interesting. Um, and was that like something you chose deliberately finance or, or was it like just it was there, it looked interesting? Well, I originally wanted to do law. Um, and then I realized that it would take me about seven years to get from yeah. <laughs> where I was to getting through my degree. It's very difficult to get someone to sponsor your license to practice. So at some point in university, I would have to save £10,000 potentially for my license to practice. And it just seemed like a very long road. Um, but I did a couple of big four apprenticeships. And particularly, I spent a day shadowing um, an indirect tax partner at KPMG, who's another member of the big four. Um, and the way he spoke about um, court cases that he'd attended to reconcile different parts of VAT law um, and explained what he'd done in his career um, was just really exciting and sounded like everything I wanted to do. Um, I also did a quiz on the EY website and it said, you should be a tax advisor. And I thought, this, this robot does not know me. And then a year <laughs> and a half later, I was a tax advisor and was really enjoying it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, completely fair enough then. Uh, and obviously very interesting that, you know, um, you have colleagues that come from different backgrounds and stuff like that. And that's something that they don't always you know, look for. Um, I think it's reassuring for a lot of people because it really leaves you with options at the end of your A-levels, doesn't it, I suppose, um, yeah. from that sense. So, yeah, all right, amazing. Um, and why was it, you know, you looked to do an apprenticeship over going to university um, or just getting sort of a regular full-time job? That's a good question. Um... So there are obviously practical considerations like the debt that comes with a degree or um, I suppose getting a head start in your career. And that's the kind of thing that you'll find, I think, if you search a comparison online. But I'm a really big advocate of doing what makes your brain light up. And that's potentially a bit of an abstract concept. But to explain it, I suppose it's that feeling that you get when you're given a new piece of information or a new challenge and it makes you excited and you want to start it immediately and feel really enthusiastic about it so if that's a degree for you or a different occupation then I think that's great one of my friends is um, currently looking at a master's course in critical theory as an extension to his English literature degree because when he reads an article or a paper that has a really well-reasoned interesting argument about piece of literature it makes him excited and it's it's what he wants to do and i think that's amazing um and for me at a really high level i think that's problem solving and that applies really well to emerging technology and also to um, tax advice for our clients to look at new information and feel excited about it and want to work with it and i think at, at a really basic level it's about working out what makes you feel excited and what's going to make you excited to get out of bed for the next three years or four years after you leave uh, high school yeah, amazing. So it was very much an individual choice for you compared to like a, a general apprenticeship versus other things. You know, that was what made you yourself um, excited. OK, cool. That's really interesting. Um, all right. Yeah. So what would be um, like sort of the, you know, I don't like saying the worst part, but I'd probably say what would be the most challenging <laughs> part of your role? Because um, obviously there's negatives to every role. But what would you say is the hardest part for yourself? Um, probably time management. 
I, I think I probably used the word excited about five times in my last answer. And that's just because I am very excitable and enthusiastic. And I like saying yes to every opportunity that comes my way. And then I realized that I've tried to put 70 hours of work into a 45 hour week. Um, but yeah, I, I think probably managing those different commitments, um, letting people know when I take on new work, how much extra time I have left. Um, so to give some examples, um, at EY, I'm involved with our charity, the EY Foundation, helping to organize their work experience and employability programs. I'm involved with the EY Women's Network and LGBTQ network, we call our Unity Network. Um, and also the, um, um, the EY Arts Club as well, where we offer opportunities to go into local and national galleries and do like private tours and evening showings. And I, I do like to get involved in that as well, on top of my full-time client work and part-time ACA study. Yeah, wow, that is a lot. Um, and that stuff you've sort of taken on extra then, some of that stuff. So, sorry, what was that? Is, that? is that stuff you've sort of taken on extra as well, you know, that you like the sound of it and you, and you thought you want to do that? Yeah, definitely. There are so many different things you can get involved with at EY. I think you can definitely build a whole part-time job for yourself on the side. Um, but it is a really good way of continuing interests that you might have outside of work with your colleagues and getting to know them a bit better through that. Yeah, amazing. Um, so what would like be a, a typical day to day um, for yourself, like, you know, whether that be work from home or when you're in the office, um, just to give, I suppose, younger people an idea of um, what they'd be doing on a day to day basis in sort of like simple terms, if you can. I know it can be quite complex, um, but yeah, just for somebody that might not be too in tune with um, like tax and finance. Sure thing. Um, so to give it from a perspective of a level one, so your first, as an apprentice, your first four to five years in the business, um, a lot of work that you will do in tax at EY will be um, project coordination. So first thing in the morning, you might have um, a phone call with your team to work out what your priorities are for the day. Um, anybody that you might need to um, email and get in touch with to check where they are with different things. In international tax, we tend to work on multi-jurisdictional teams, which means that you'll have um, teams all over the world that you need to communicate with in order to um, prepare the work for your clients um, and making sure they know what they're doing and that you get your responses in time is a big part of the level one role. Um, as part of my technology role as well, I tend to have meetings throughout the week with other people working on technology to discuss new solutions and to discuss feedback that we've had from members of our team on those solutions. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm finding this quite tricky. No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. Um, that, that, that's good. It's just like very interesting because, you know, as much as roles can be advertised and, you know, you get like a role description or a specification, it is really interesting to hear it from somebody that is there and doing it day to day. Mm -hmm. Well, as level ones as well, um, a normal piece of work that we might have is setting up an engagement. So when we get a new piece of work, we'll be the people drafting the letters to the clients to set out the work that we're going to do for them um, and setting up the finance for it. And then also during the, the course of a project, because you'll probably work on about five projects at any one time, you might also be sent um, a paper that we're going to deliver to a client and you might be asked to draft a part of the analysis for that paper. So looking at the tax law and looking at the client's facts and trying to match those up and provide some advice um, or edit and sense check some advice that's already been drafted by a senior member of staff. 
Okay, uh, amazing. Sounds definitely like you've got your hands full and it's very interesting stuff. <laughs> um, and, you know, that can sound quite complex, but I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, do you do sort of like, uh, you know, the more you do it, the more you learn sort of thing? Like, you know, do you have that guidance initially at the start and then you sort of run with it? Or, or is it sort of you get dropped to the deep end a little bit and have to have to go with it? So there's a real mix. I think there is a conscious effort to make sure that um, we are learning the law and um, being able to provide advice better and better over time. So there's a, a kind of mixed approach, I think, which is that we have some really great technical training. If you join as a tax apprentice, you'll be put on a course called ACTD, which is the Accelerated Corporate Tax Development course. Um, and that gives you really the basics of UK and international tax law. Um, to kind of give you some background that you might not get from your chartered accountancy qualification. Um, but also people in your team are really encouraged to mentor you. So at first they might give you a piece of analysis that they've written just to read through and ask any questions. The next time you might be asked to check the validity or, um, or the accuracy of that analysis. And then as a third stage, so maybe six months into the firm, you might be asked to draft your own. And there are key pieces of law that we work with and making sure that by the time you're at the end of your apprenticeship, you know that law really well is something that they put a lot of effort into um, into ensuring. OK, that's really good to hear, because obviously they are a huge firm, a uh, global firm, and I don't know how many employees they have. But I know it's a lot. Um, so it's good to see that they're there for you and um, there to help and stuff like that and get you through the apprenticeship. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how long is the, the apprenticeship in total? So the business apprenticeship is four and a half years. That's what I'm on. Um, it is it is a while, but um, there's a lot of exams to get through in that time. And you also have to meet a certain number of um, days of work experience for the ICAW um, to sign off on your chartered accountancy qualification. And having it be that long just makes it really easy to um, get that professional experience in. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. Amazing. Um, all right. So the next question, we've sort of covered, um, I think, quite a few possible answers to this. But what would you say is the best part of your role uh, and working where you work? If you can find the best part or just, you know, any sort of highlights that you really makes you um, happy to work where you do. Oh, that's a great question. Um, so the thing that I would say makes my brain light up about my job is when someone comes to me with a problem, which um, for me tends to be technology based, they say, I'm spending a lot of time on this. It's a really manual process. I'd really rather not do it this way. And I'm thinking to myself, I know a tool that could fix that and cut that problem down from like 10 hours every week to 30 minutes every week. And that's the best feeling ever. I love that about my job. Um, a key example of this, I suppose, is um, our juniors tend to spend quite a lot of time working out how much time and expense we've um, spent on a specific client and recently we worked out a way of doing that that would take three hours a week off that job and that's the best feeling ever i love that about my job amazing um i think that's really good because you know like you say it's often processes set in place but it's good that you can you know sort of improve them and that you want to actively encourage that and when you work as well, I think that's, that's definitely exciting. Um, and I suppose it brings something new every, uh, I don't know if it's every week or whatever, um, but yeah, that, that just sounds really exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's All always right. something new. And um, I think it's, the, it's a real advantage that we have 
as young people joining these businesses to look at processes that have maybe existed for 15 or 20 years and find a better way of doing it because you're not already entrenched in those processes by the time you're joining the firm. Different way of thinking, isn't it? Different way of thinking. Amazing. Okay. Um, all right, cool. So um, yeah, nearly there now. What was the recruitment process like for yourself? Um, you know, I suppose just talk us through start to finish, how you found the role uh, and then what the application process was like and what stages you had to do, etc. So it's changed a little bit since I joined the firm. So I would encourage anyone interested in EY to check out our website. Um, it's set out in the student recruitment area in five different steps. But for me, um, I knew about the big four from being on their work experience programs. I think the first step was someone from KPMG came into my school um, to talk to me about their apprenticeships. And after that, I did a lot of my own research and ended up doing work experience placements with the rest of the big four, but not EY. So that was Deloitte, PwC and KPMG. Um, and then in the summer before going into my year 13, I applied for apprenticeships with all four of the big four. Really my experience with the um, EY recruitment scheme was the reason why I ended up joining them because I felt that more than any of the other processes, they spent time getting to know you and inviting your opinions. And that meant it was a little bit trickier than some of the other processes, but you had to do things like um, at the assessment center stage, they asked you to bring a sheet of paper where you'd set out some ways in which you thought digitalization was going to affect the service line that you'd applied for. And then you were invited to discuss those. And also on that day, you had things like um, maths tests and literacy tests that you also had to pass. But a really large part of that was just them seeing the enthusiasm that you had. Um, and then after assessment centre, I had quite a long partner interview where, again, you were asked to bring a presentation on a relevant issue, whether that was something you'd seen in the news about tax, whether that was something that you'd read. I, I was reading a book at the time because I'm a try hard called um, What Everyone Needs to Know About Tax. And that book was talking about um, international tax avoidance. And so I basically gave a presentation that was like, international tax avoidance isn't sustainable. I understand the initiatives that are trying to stop it, but I think we need to be encouraging um, our clients to proactively reorganize their structures so they're not caught within these rules when they come in. Um, but wow. obviously you can pick whatever um, interests you at that stage. Um, yeah. I suppose my top tip for any of these recruitment processes would be do your research because eventually at some point in that process someone will ask you the question why do you want this job why do you want to work for us and the big four broadly have similar clients and offer similar services so what differentiates us are our people and our culture so if you've done some research about that maybe even spoken to somebody who works there then you can give an answer to that question that's not just, I want to be an accountant, I want to work for the big four, but from a perspective of someone who really knows the firm and who is excited by everything that makes us, us. Yeah, definitely, that's really good advice. Thank you for that. Because um, like you said, they are very similar, the, the big four in terms of what they do. Um, so yeah, they are great great questions to ask as well because like you said they really get you thinking um okay cool so at the end of this friendship you become a chartered accountant is it yes and do you then have a guaranteed job once your apprenticeship's finished no they they treat you when you join as an apprenticeship 
um, when you join as an apprentice, I should say, they um, treat you as having gotten the job. Um, okay. So there's no reapplication process. It would just be the 1st October after you've qualified. So maybe six months after you become a chartered accountant, um, you'll be promoted to senior level. Um, in some businesses, that's called the assistant manager level. But um, it basically means that you'll get a pay rise and also some new responsibilities in terms of training new joiners um, and managing more more client accounts. Okay, amazing, fair enough. So yeah, the incentives there to, to pass your exams, etc. Um, <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, look, that's all the questions I have. I mean, is there anything else you'd like to say in relation to anything, whether it is what you do or any tips for anybody? I know we've just done that. Um, but in general, is there anything you'd like to say? Uh, just to make it clear that um, my inbox on LinkedIn is absolutely open. So yeah, please do feel free to get in touch. Okay, amazing. I'll, I'll be sure to sort of put your LinkedIn um, in the description then so people know where they can reach out. Um, yeah, all right, amazing. That's everything I have. And there we go, guys. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between myself and Isabel. I definitely learned a lot more about higher apprenticeships and I definitely think it's a, a route you should consider if you're not sure about university. So just to round up some of the key points that I took away from it, it seems that experience really goes a long way when applying for these higher apprenticeships. Now, of course, you're not going to have too much because you are only 18. Um, but just like Isabel said about getting some work experience at other big four firms really helped her in her application and it definitely would have made her stand out. Um, so do consider, you know, it doesn't have to be one of the big four firms, but if you are looking to go into an accountancy or finance style higher apprenticeship, then definitely look at getting some work experience at some firms like that, whether it be, you know, sort of tax firms or accounting firms or consultancy firms, then yeah, that's definitely, that definitely will help you in your application. Also, I think be prepared to move around different areas while starting out. It was clear that Isabel, you know, sort of knew she wanted to work in tax, but not exactly doing what. And she is, you know, very much going to a tech side of stuff now um, and was very much open to moving around. So do bear that in mind if you are going for a higher apprenticeship that, you know, you'll walk in and have, you know, probably a variety of duties and opportunities will present themselves. So do, you know, sort of chase after them. And to be honest, the final takeaway is just get involved in as much as you can. Uh, it's clear that Isabel does a lot on the side with EY, um, and I'm sure these opportunities present herself, present her with some great people to connect with, and you never know what doors that might open. So yeah, don't sort of shy away from anything. Um, throw yourself into it head on, uh, whatever the opportunity is. If you want to know a bit more about higher apprenticeships in general, then please follow the podcast on Instagram at Career Advice for You. I'll pop the link in the description as well. Pop me a DM and I can send over a document containing lots of useful information such as the average salary and even more tips for securing your apprenticeship. Alright, well that's it. Thanks very much for listening. Please do leave this episode a review. If you liked or didn't like it, let me know where I can improve and I'll see you next time. Alright, thank you very much.